0: presented here today for you to enjoy is a special 15-minute preview of this week's top rope nation extra patreon exclusive bonus podcast a really good discussion i'm sure you would enjoy if you enjoy our typical flagship podcast and like i said the only way to hear this full show is by joining the patreon page the link is here in the broadcast description what's going on everybody top rope nation extra it's ryan it's been a long time since i have done a solo pod but i just watched something not too long ago that made me think i gotta chime in especially here for our patrons here on top rope nation extra and talk about the blasphemy that i witnessed on this new edition of what they're calling WWE Rivals on A&E. It's like a roundtable show. I guess a companion show to the new uh, biographies. They're airing as part of the WWE-A&E uh, relationship moving forward. They got a ton of these on tap. So uh, there's going to be many more. We're not going to be reviewing everyone. But the first Rivals they did here focuses on Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And in true WWE fashion... Just a complete rewriting of the real history of what, what went on between these two guys. And look, we've talked about this here on the show before uh, many times. You know, we reviewed the Dark Side of the Ring episode that talked about the Montreal screw job. If you never heard that, it's on our main feed. Check the archives. Um, I ranted on that one. By far the worst episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I'm going to draw some parallels with that, I think here today as we go, um, but and we've talked about Brett and Sean, They they did a, a Legends Blu-ray or what was it called? I think it was WWE Legends. Maybe it was Rivals too. I can't remember. There was a Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Blu-ray they did several years ago, where the two guys sat in a room together and they kind of just discussed their history and you know the the bitter rivalry and everything and and during that show or that that Blu-ray. You constantly heard Shawn Michaels saying, "I I don't really rem- I don't remember I don't remember if Brett if Brett said it happened it probably did you know because Shawn was under the influence of a lot of a lot of pills in the '90s, and we got a little of that tonight here too on this this A and E Rivals episode. But let me just kind of set the stage for for what the show is like if you haven't seen it. Um, you got Freddie Prinz Jr., former WWE writer, kind of like the host. And then at the table for this episode, a real rogues gallery, we've got JBL, Tamina Snuka, Kofi Kingston, and Kevin Nash, who I would have liked to have heard a little bit more from Kevin Nash, but most of the time when they're showing him, he's just kind of staring off into the distance smiling. He chimes in here and there, but not a lot from um from the from the gallery there not a lot from the the hosts of wwe rivals there's some other people that talk throughout too of course tj wilson being tied to the Hart family he's on there uh natalia knightheart is on here as well they get comments from brett and sean of course hunter hurst helmsley boy he's a real treat on this episode we'll get to him and uh yeah so Let's, let's kind of talk about how they cover the history of Brett and Shawn. And it's not all bad. There are some nice moments in this show. And I want to just say from from the top, you guys all know from listening to the pod, I'm a huge fan of Bret Hart. I grew up, he was my guy. You know, he was my favorite wrestler. But Shawn Michaels was my number two all through the 90s. Brett and Shawn were my two favorites. So I don't want to act like, or I don't want you to think that I'm just completely anti-Shawn Michaels. I'm, I'm sticking by the facts here. And I know... You know, WWE is not exactly where you go to for accurate history, right? We all know that. We're all, anyone that's a patron of this show, you're probably a pretty hardcore wrestling fan. I know a lot of you personally, and I know that you are. But it's still frustrating because WWE is painting this picture for millions of people that don't know the true history. And for future generations who might watch these shows that they produce. And in the end, the real history sometimes gets lost you know, uh, we, we I'm a a U.S. history teacher. There's been efforts throughout history to re-, re rewrite things that happened in the history of the United States. And we see that all the time with WWE. Now they're making these documentaries with A and E, but if you don't think WWE has influence on these or final approval or, you know, influence on the narrative, you're kidding yourselves. And so WWE has always kind of rewritten history as it relates to Montreal and Bret Hart's exit. We'll get to all that here in just a little bit, but let's get to the positives. All right. It is cool to see, you know, I've seen a lot of this before, but if you're new to the rivalry and stuff, it's cool to see some of the old footage. You know, they talked about them having the first ladder match. They talked about their match at Survivor Series 92. They go into the fact that Bret and Shawn were very good friends at one point in time. There, there's a story told by TJ Wilson about uh, one of the times where there was a house show up at the Saddle Dome in Calgary and it's when Razor and and Nash, eh, that being Scott Hall, and Nash and, and Brett and Sean, they were all on the show and they all were hanging out at, at Brett's house and they had like super soakers and they were filled with milk and they were just apparently going after each other at Brett's house or in his yard or something, have a lot of fun together. And, and they talk about how you know, Sean was very nice to Brett's kids, and he would play with his kids at the events. They showed the clip of of Sean wrestling Brett's son Blade at a at a Raw taping. It's it's the footage that's shown in Hitman Heart wrestling with Shadows, and so that's all you know, fine and good. There's there's some there's some good stuff there. They there's some rare footage, like they show some footage from the House Show that was at the Sky Dome in January of ninety seven where um, Brett and Sean actually wrestled a triple threat match uh, with Psycho Sid. It was a dark match after they taped the Raw that aired on February 3rd, 97. There's, for the live fans, a dark match with Brett taking on Sean and Sid. And and In true WWE or WWF at the time fashion, Brett lost in front of his his home country fans at the Sky Dome um, to Sean. Brett was attempting to put the sharpshooter on Sid, and and Sean came off the top with a crossbody and pinned Sean, pinned Bret Hart. So Bret Hart did lose to Shawn Michaels as, in his home country. They don't show that finish. They just show them in the ring. It's clear it's the skydome. There's some footage of that. They even show what appears to be some footage of Brett and Sean teaming together as a tag team. And they did this a few times. Um, late '96. They worked a tag match in the Chicago area against Austin and Vader. Uh, they tagged a few times throughout 95 and nine, and I believe 94, definitely 95. And yeah, they show this brief footage of, of Brett and Sean as a tag team. So these were all, you know, untelevised events. Um, so that's kind of cool to see, right? So you get some cool rare footage there. And, at, you know, at the end of the show... They they show you Brett and Sean today, and they talk about how they've, you know, buried the hatch. And they show when Brett came back to the WWE in early 2010 and how, you know, their reconciliation in the ring at the opening of that raw episode was real life. Brett wanted to do it in the ring. The rare footage here is they show them in catering before the event. I don't believe I've ever seen this before, where You know, Brett and Sean approaches Brett in catering. And it it appears to be the first time they ran into each other. And I think it would have been the first time, according to what they say on the show, since 97. You know, we know Brett was at the Hall of Fame in 2006, but he didn't appear at WrestleMania that year. I was there in Chicago. uh, And they didn't really have any personal interaction there. Brett didn't even want Sean to be present for his Hall of Fame speech. So that 2010 Raw was the first time they had interacted since Montreal. And they show them in catering. Sean comes up to Brett backstage, and they talk a little bit. And you know, then they show the clip of them on Raw. So that was cool. They show them uh, over WrestleMania weekend this year. This looks like it was just you know specifically filmed for this broadcast. But you know, talking about their families, how they never thought they'd be talking about grandkids one day, and how they keep in touch, and they always touch base with each other on you know things like anniversaries and birthdays and stuff. So they've definitely really. They, they say they're not best friends or anything, but they keep in contact and they check in you know, during major life events. So that's cool. I mean, these guys who in the 90s were at each other's throats all the time have reconciled and come, I wouldn't say close, but friendly again. And so that's nice to see. And they talk about how they wish they could have done more business over the years. Brett talks about how they could have wrestled once a year for the next decade, and it would have been the biggest match of the year. So he, Brett even says there's regrets on both sides here, that he probably had something to do with it too. And and how their relationship fell out. So, I mean, to me, that's kind of like the good moments of what we see and make it kind of interesting. But let's get to the bad. And that kind of sets the stage. Where did this thing go off the rails? Because as I said, they talk about how they were friends. They worked at the Survivor Series 92 and all of that they go into the iron man match and both men call it one of the best matches of their career. We've talked about this on Top Rope Nation before. Justin and I really like that match. It brought us back into wrestling, the build to it hardcore. You know, they show some clips of the montages they did uh here on Rivals. They talk about how maybe it was themed after Rocky 4. You know, with the the training in in Russia out in the t- the frozen tundra. And they show Brett, you know, running the hills in the winter in Calgary and all of that on the on the bike paths. So, they give props to that match. Kyle wouldn't like that. Kyle's not a fan of WrestleMania 12 too much. But as I said, Justin Justin and I, we really like it. So, both guys hold that match near and dear to their hearts. They talk about how they probably couldn't have done the match with anyone else at that moment in time. And, you know, Brett passing the baton off to Shawn Michaels. And then they say this is where everything went off the rails. They show Brett leaving the ring after the match and how Shawn basically told earl hebner to have brett get his ass out of the ring this was his moment you know and and the paint as that's when the relationship started going sour they show brett you know he got into a car backstage and he he rolled off he didn't go according to tj wilson he didn't go to the wrestlemania party that year that there was some real heat after the match and all of that i i had always heard that that was to build up for the following year's match to make it look like brett was all pissed off when he went off on his you know, multi-month absence throughout 96 or whatever. But, you know, we've, we've heard him talk about that, too. He was pissed that he had done the hour match with Sean. He'd passed the baton to him, passed the torch, so to speak. And uh, Sean said, get the hell out of my ring. Get his ass out of the ring is what he said. And that hurt Brett. Well, Brett comes back, you know, and in, in the fall of 96 and things have changed. What they don't talk about, and I believe this is addressed in Shawn Michaels' book, is that Sean had, had received a new contract from the WWF at the time. Seven, I believe $750,000 per year right in that neighborhood. At the time, Vince McMahon told him he's going to be the highest paid wrestler in the company other than The Undertaker. Sean said he'd be cool if The Undertaker got paid more than him, but he wanted to be the highest paid guy. Well, when Brett re-signed that 20-year contract in the fall of 96, Brett was going to be making right around a million dollars a year. So Vince broke his promise to Sean. Sean didn't like the fact that Brett was getting paid more than him. And to me, that's another part of this story of where things started to go off the rails a little bit. We've heard Brett talk about, too, that Sean would really, really encourage him to say all kinds of nasty things about him on air even though brett kind of felt uncomfortable doing it like they show brett talking about sean going in playgirl and the girly magazines and all of that and even though sean was encouraging brett to do that i think it's still pissed off sean in, in some kind of weird way you know so i think that that led to the deterioration of, of the relationship the the whole contract structure when brett re-signed four less money by the way than wcw was offering at the time But they don't do the match, you know, at WrestleMania 13. Shawn gets injured. They didn't really go into that on this episode. But they do make reference to the famous sunny days comment, of course, that Shawn made in the spring of 97. Brett's been having some sunny days. And Brett tells the story of how his oldest son came home from school after hearing that on Raw and...